Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Amen. It's game time. Look at someone around you say, it's game time. It's game time. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. If you don't mind, just stand up with me for a sec as I read the scripture and pray and bless us today in the name of Jesus. If you can stand, please, if you need to be seated, that's fine too. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, or the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured for sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone in this building and everyone who's watching online that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you would enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to perceive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, that we might turn and be healed. God, I pray let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, and I pray that people's lives will be transformed and changed, that people will be born again and saved, that people will be healed and delivered, and that they would know that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is real, he is alive in 2023, and he is accessible to all who call upon his name. So we glorify you and we thank you for what you're doing and what you're bringing to pass in California and Elk Grove, Sacramento and all of the surrounding areas. We give you glory and we thank you in your son Jesus name we pray and all of God's people said amen. amen. You may be seated. Praise God. And if you're not God's people say amen anyway. It's all good. <laughs> so the title of my message this morning is called Game Time. I don't know if you're aware, but people have jerseys and people are ready because it is game time. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. Some of the best commercials that have ever been created will be launched today. You will be entertained. Look at your neighbor and say, are you not entertained? Well, you will be entertained today, man. And you probably don't want to watch the halftime show because we don't know what they're going to produce and show on television. Some of them are not rated for kids, so you have to be careful with the halftime show. But today is Super Bowl Sunday. It's game time. But I don't want to stop there and just say it's game time for a sport or an event. But I want to talk to you about the game of life and talk to you about what needs to happen in our lives so that we can run this race, so that we can play the game of life and be successful. Life is so much like a game that the Apostle Paul literally likened the, the running of this race of life to an event like a track meet. And he talked about when we compete, we compete to win a prize. We're not just going through life and walking through life aimlessly and meaninglessly, but we are walking through with purpose. And one of the things about the game of life 
life is that when you begin to discover your purpose, when you begin to discover why you are placed on earth, you will begin to effectively and efficiently move through life and know that God's hand is upon you. When I was an unbeliever, when I didn't know Jesus, I tried to accomplish things and I only found that I was never satisfied on the inside as long as I was just achieving things. But when I came into this relationship with this man called Jesus of Nazareth, I began to realize that I was here for a purpose. He put me here for a reason. It was more than just playing football, but he put me here to impact people's lives, to show them the truth, to show that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and to show people that they were here for more than just the moments and the events of life that they had been living through. There was a purpose, and I want to tell you today that you have a purpose, that he has ordained that you would do something great for him, and the greatest thing that you can do is discover why he put you here on earth. And let me tell you this about Jesus. He is not playing pick <laughs> He's not playing hide and go see. How do you say that in sign language? Hide and go see. Amen. He's not doing that. <laughs> he wants to reveal his will to you. But you have to understand that there are certain things that we must know to be successful in the game of life. And I want to give you three quick principles about the game of life, about the race that we are running, and how to be effective and successful in living the game of life. Is that okay with everyone? Yeah. All right. You give me a good 10 minutes, we're going to roll through this. Amen? Praise God. Number one, I'm going, I want to talk to you about winning in the game of life. To win in the game of life, we must follow the rules if we do not want to be disqualified. We must follow the rules if we do not want to be disqualified. Adam and Eve was in the garden. And God gave them a game plan of what they must do. I want to read this to you from Genesis chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, And then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed a man he had made. And the Lord God made all sorts of trees to grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful, that produced delicious fruit. And in the middle of the garden, he placed a tree, the tree of life, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Go to verse 15. It says, And the Lord God placed man in the garden to tend and watch over it, but the Lord God warned him, and he said, You may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden except of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for if you eat its fruit, you will surely die. I've heard so many people say, That's not fair. Why did God restrict them? Why did God create rules? Why did God put a limitation on what they could or they could not do? But I have a better question for you that I would like to ask you today. The Lord says you may eat of any tree of the, of the garden. You can eat as much as you want. You can have as many times as you want to go to the trees and eat of them. And I did a little research, and botanists say that there are over 2,000 types of fruit that exist in in this world so God basically gave them 1,999 options <laughs> and he said I'm just telling you just don't eat from this one 
I don't know about you. <laughs> I went to, what is it, uh, Raleigh's, Riley's, the, the grocery store? <laughs> Raleigh's? <laughs> I've yet to find up to 2,000 options of anything. <laughs> Cereal, milk, I mean, I'm trying. Candy bars, it's just not that many options. God gave them 1,999 options, and he says, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is not one. And yet, because we as people, we hate rules, and we hate restrictions, they went forth and they ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And what happened when they ate of this fruit, they disqualified themselves from running the race and winning the prize. See, God provided rules not to restrict us, but to bless us to go to the next level. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says, Do you not know that in a race all of the runners run, but only one gets the prize? So he says, run in such a way as to get the prize. When the Lord says, don't eat from this one tree, but eat from the 1,999, he's saying, get the prize. I'm providing everything that you need to be successful and to move forward and be victorious in the game of life. Amen? I'm so tempted to give this illustration. I am a master Monopoly player. Since 1996, I've only lost one game of Monopoly since 1996. And the person that beat me was my wife. Now, don't celebrate, baby. Don't, no, 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 honey. No, don't celebrate. Don't get happy. Don't get happy. Don't get happy. Now, hold on. I don't want to blow up spots. I'm trying to keep the marriage intact. Praise God. Pastor Ryan and Pastor Jen, we do some marriage counseling after this service. <laughs> it just took her 20 years to finally beat me. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and that's not the point, so don't make it the point, amen? <laughs> but here's the reason why I was so successful in playing Monopoly. Because in 1996... I went extensively through the rule book and I found out how to play the game. Mm. So the key wasn't strategy and this and that. The key was finding out what I could do and what I couldn't do. And then from there, I began building out the strategy that caused me to be so successful in one meaningless minor area of my life. How much more when you find out the Bible, the rule book, what God is saying that he will cause you to have success in areas where you have previously failed and even those your generations before you have failed, but you will do things they've never done or accomplished. Amen. Number two, to win in the game of life. We must get rid of all the weights that slow us down. Paul said in Hebrews 12:1, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Sin has a slowing effect just like weights, and we know that weights are designed to slow us down or what we call, it creates resistance or resistance training. 
So in life, when we have weights and we have things that's encumbering us or holding us down, it's preventing us from running the race the way that we are supposed to run. Anyone that runs marathons or you like to jog, just give me a wave real quick. Got a couple of people I see around. Thank you, thank you. How many of you would run a marathon in a pair of steel-toe work boots? Give me a hand. Let's show. Yeah. We do have a psychiatrist available to meet you after service. Why? Because it is a weighted boot and it's not designed to run with efficiency. And in the same way, your life is not designed to be weighed down with sin and different temptations that's hindering you from running the race of life. So Paul says, throw them off, get rid of them, remove them so that you can run the race. Amen? Amen? Guys, go ahead and pull up that video for me. This is a video of a guy doing, pause it, I'm sorry. All right, this is a video of a guy doing weighted dips. Notice how heavy and how many weights he has connected to himself. He's able to only do one dip in the illustration, but without the weights, maybe he's able to do 20 or 30 dips. Go ahead and run that video for me. Do you see how he struggled to attempt to do that one dip? See, I don't believe the problem is your ability to run the race. It's how you've been trying to run the race. It's being weighed down with sin, being weighed down with bitterness and unforgiveness, being weighed down with resentment, being weighed down with jealousy, being weighed down with pride and ego, being weighed down with perversion and different things that you don't want to let go of, being weighed down with the sins of the flesh. All of these things are weighing us down. All of these things are entangling us and preventing us from running the race the way that God wants us to run. But he said to be successful, you have to get rid of all of the weights that slow you down because you should be like a gazelle. The Lord wants you to sprint through life. He wants you to run the race with efficiency and effectiveness, knowing that you are not being held back by the past, but you are moving forward to the future. Throughout my walk with God, every time I got rid of a weight, I realized that I could run a little bit faster. And I can run a little bit longer with Jesus. And he says, son, if you think that was good, just keep getting rid of the weights and, and, and see the things that you'll be able to do for me. Amen. And I believe God has great things for you. Number three, the third and final thing to run this game, to win in the game of life. We must look to champions and follow the examples they have modeled for us. We must look to champions. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. In verse 2, here's the one. It says, We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects 
our faith. How do we run this race effectively? We fix our eyes on a champion. Jim Rohn said, success leaves clues. If I want to find out how champions run, then I go to a championship runner. I look at their, their training schedule, their eating schedule. I look at the things that they're doing that causes them to be champion. Look at their discipline. How are they running? Jesus Christ was the ultimate champion. He defeated death. He defeated hell. He defeated the grave. He overcame sin for us. And if we look at the champion, then we learn how to run this race successfully amen I know I have so many smart people in this room and intelligent people online and you thought that when you went to college and you got that degree that you were going to figure all of life's problems out amen you magna cum laude uh, magna magna cum laude double cum laude <laughs> chocolate chip laude whatever Mocha Lottie, whatever you have been. But you realize after trying really, really hard with all of your strength and effort, you were unsuccessful in running the race. And I want to say, give Jesus an opportunity to show you because he is a champion runner and he knows how to get the crown, how to get the prize, and how to get the gold medal. Amen. When we follow the one who made the rules of the game and model how to be successful in the game, then we will win the game of life. I was in Starbucks. Uh, I was in Starbucks on Thursday night, and there was a young girl that came in. Her name is Jade. She was with her little boyfriend named Austin, and I saw her, and she was greeting all of these young people walking in to the Starbucks and just hugging people and talking to people. And as I sat there, I was working on my sermon. The Holy Spirit told me, he said, this young girl has a great capacity to love and she is impacting the lives of the other young people around her, not just in Starbucks, but everywhere she goes. Her capacity of love is producing transformation in the lives of people. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm getting the download. It's a total stranger. I don't know her name at that point. So her and the boyfriend, Austin, was ready to leave. And I said, ma'am, excuse me. I said, can I ask you a question? I mean, now a girl has green hair. She has a lip piercing. She has a nose ring. She is like, she, is, she, she, looks, she looks like she looks. Amen? <laughs> and I said to her, I said, listen, I don't know if you know who God is, if you believe in him or not, but I have a message from him to you. And I looked at her and I began telling her about her capacity of love and how she's impacting people's lives. And she's tearing up and she starts crying right there on the spot. And she says, you know what? I do know God. And that's exactly what God has been telling me my gift is and how I'm supposed to impact the people around me. And her little boyfriend is stunned. He was like, who is this dude? He doesn't even know you. What? <laughs> but what happened? Going back to purpose is God saying you have purpose. And if you understand what you were put here for, then you can effectively run the race of life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
In closing, Hebrews 12, 2 and 3 says, Because of the joy awaiting him, Jesus, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's right, uh, beside God's throne. Worship team, come up. He said, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Jesus endured hostility for us, and he knows how to lead us through a hostile world and give us success and victory in the game of life. As we are closing this service, Revelations 3.20 says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, look, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. As we are closing this service, the one who knows how to run and be victorious in the game of life, he wants to give you an invitation. He wants to give you an invite to walking with him and having a relationship with him that will not only transform your life, but transform the lives of your children, your family, and everyone else around you. If you don't mind, just bow your heads with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those who are here, those who are under the sound of my voice, who, who all have heard the message about the game of life. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you are drawing people and you're bringing them to a place that if they surrender to you, you will cause them to be successful in areas where they have previously failed. And God, I believe that they're not going to leave here the same because as they say to you, Lord, take control of my life. Take the will, Jesus. Bring me to a place with you that I cannot reach on my own, that you will cause them to be blessed with your presence, your spirit, your word, and experience the transforming power of God. I thank you for what you're doing, and I thank you for what you're bringing to pass, even now, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.